And I look back like, man, holy crap, how far I have come to like now. So I kind of use that too for my characters. Like, let's put you through a ton of crap and then let's see how you come out with it. Are you a mom with a story to tell, but not sure where to start? Publishing a book is kind of overwhelming. Now throw kids and babies into the mix and you got a lot going on, but that doesn't mean you can't build yourself a thriving author life. My name is Jackie and I'm a mom and an indie author and I'm here to show you how, step by step, to get your books written, published, and sold, even if the only time you actually have to write is during your toddler's afternoon nap. It's time to write like a mother with these moms write. Hey guys, it's Jackie. Do you identify as an introvert or maybe you suffer from anxiety? You may want to start writing horror. Candy Mitchell is a mom and fantasy and horror fiction author, or as she describes it, a gother, who has just published the second book in her Fallen Gower series. In this episode, Candy talks about how writing horror is actually a release for her anxiety and how she has learned to open up and share herself despite a difficult past to build her community of readers. Without further ado, please welcome Candy Mitchell. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for asking me to. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear about your your books and your painting and your crafting. I think it's really beautiful how you have all these different facets going on. But I always like to start with this first question, which is, what are you excited about right now? I am excited because um, my editor is almost done with my second book. I really love my second book, like more than the first one. So I'm like really excited to get it out to people. <laughs> and is it, so your, is your first one, is that Goodbye to Theodore? Goodbye Theodore was uh, the first book in the trilogy. So this is the second book for it. And then I'm, I'm working on the last one already. I'm like about 10 to 15,000 words in um, for the last book. So I'm trying to like, uh, get it all wrapped up and that's like a little hard because I'm a pantser so <laughs> I do not plot really anything um so so it's just kind of like sure like tell me where we're going you know type of thing yeah yeah I totally get that you describe yourself as a gother which I love that's so clever yeah. the wordplay yeah. um but so tell us like what's the genre of these and what do you call the series? Is it Goodbye Arthur series? Or sorry, Goodbye. What do you um, it's call these called series? Return to Fallengower. Okay. Uh, is the series name. Uh, the second book is called Welcome to Fallengower, and I haven't come up with a name for the last one, but I wanted to kind of be on the same kind of lines like Goodbye, Welcome, like another kind of line like that with it. Right. Um, but they're fantasy, like horror. So you could say dark fantasy, but. Um, I have noticed a lot of people use dark fantasy for like more like romance oh. in the genre. Like lately I've been seeing that like groups I'm in that are like for dark fantasy, these like more like dark romance ones. And that's not technically what I, I mean, there's romance in my book, but not like where it's like, this is a romance novel. That's not what it's about really. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually had someone write a review, a review for my book 
recently who was like, oh, like I thought this was like um, more of like a younger book, like not an adult and scared the shit out of me. (laughs) Like, and I was like, oh, because I was thinking like, oh, maybe there wasn't enough horror in it. Like I was literally like, oh, maybe (laughs) more enough. And they were like, oh my God, like it was really like freaked me out. And I was like, oh, really? Because to me, it's like, it wasn't that bad. (laughs) And and what is horror really? Like when I'm thinking horror, I think like Jack Nicholson with the knife and the shining or. Honestly, there's a lot of different types of horror. I don't focus specifically on like gore and stuff. I like to like in my book, there's creatures that are from another world and they are pretty scary. But I also write because I have a lot of humor as well that they're cute, too. They're like they look cute and you may like I wanted to pet one, but Mm. they will kill you, (laughs) you know, type of thing. So um, for me, horror is something that makes you feel like, oh, my God, if I was in this situation, this would scare the crap out of me. Like this would be a nightmare. Like maybe I'll even have a nightmare about it type of thing. I don't particularly, I think everyone assumes that I love gory horror mm-hmm. and I do not. Okay. I can't stand it. I, I think that it takes away from the story. I don't need to see torture like in that sense or stuff like that. I want to feel like, wow, like this is something that's normal. That's mm-hmm. like kind of going on. And then oh my God, like if this were to just happen, this is terrifying, but not just like, oh, there's a killer chasing me. There's a ton of blood. Like, I don't particularly like that. I need more, like more of like an actual story, you know? Right. It's interesting because when I talk to romance writers, right, they're very aware of the amount of sex graphicness that they put into their books, right? So it's like this many chili peppers, this hotness. And so uh, is there a similar like scale for horror? You know, I've read some that it definitely has a ton of gore. I'm trying to think of which books they were um, when I was younger and there it's a whole series. And um, (laughs) the first book was really good. It did have a lot of gore in it, but it was okay because the storyline was really good. Mm. And then the second book, was kind of like the same exact thing, but just with more gore, but right. like not really adding to the story. And then the third book, I was like, okay, let's just give it another try. Maybe there's, you know, a surprise at the end or something. And it was just like, I got bored because it was mm. just gore, gore, gore. And you're just trying to make, right? you know, the people go through worse, like physically. Right. And you're not adding any value to me. You right. Know? No, uh, like emotional transformation. It's just yeah. like, And that's, that's kind of why I, um, I like horror novels that I read that I really enjoy because they add so much depth, not just gore, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And it makes it kind of scarier because you're like, it seems more real. In your experience, if some writers lean too hard on the gore, it's at the expense of making the story interesting to readers. I mean, that's what I've notice is that like they care so much about writing like how much worse 
or gory can I make this? Right. But it's like, well, that doesn't really add value to the story. Like one of the authors I read, I looked up to when I was younger, at least HP Lovecraft, he writes weird fiction, you know, that's horror and um, sci-fi more fantasy. And he's like very brief about things. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you get creeped out because you just form the picture in your head without him really like finishing, right. you know, complete description. And so I'm kind of in the middle. Like I like to write um, descriptions about a lot of stuff, but like, I do like to leave it up to the reader. Could you give us an example of like your level of a gory detail? And Goodbye Theodore, I have a scene where, so the Eltris, which are the creatures that um, come to this town called Harsburg, they have this thing called Strug that comes out of their mouth and it drips down and it kind of like melts, like melts you. Okay. So it's pretty, yeah, like that's not fun, obviously. And, um, but it's like a slow burn. Like it takes a while to melt everything off. So it's even worse that like you have this thing burning you, right? They kind of come there and they're like, eat, you know, they'll eat anything that's edible, basically, and like animals and stuff, too. And so they're trying to the three friends in the store are trying to find Theodore, who gets taken by one of them. And so they're walking through the forest to get to a cave. And there's I have a scene like where there's like an animal, like just in the like path kind of like foreshadowing what they're going to see, but with people that this animal has like parts of it just like melting off. And so one of the friends is like, okay, this animal's still alive and he takes a rock and kills it. So that's not suffering. Right. Right. So I, I think that's kind of as far, like I will write Mm, more scenes. Like I know in my, my last book, there's a war going on. And so I'm thinking of how awful it's going to be and how much I wanted to write. Like you can imagine things without me writing out every single detail about it, you know, Mm -hmm. but certain parts I'll probably write a little bit more just so that you do have that kind of creep (laughs) factor where you kind of feel your, your skin crawl. Again, it's not like my main focus, like my main focus Mm -hmm. is the characters in the story yeah, well, that's fun. And I think that is an, like definitely an interesting part of that genre. You're playing with the gore. And thanks for that example, because I think it really <laughs> situates like what it, what it is we're talking about. Because, yeah, there is something so like powerful about that violent. I, I can see that then the danger that you, you play with is that you don't want to you don't want to overuse it. I do know people who definitely just want the gore. So it's I mean, it's just your oh. preference, like what your taste is. Uh, I think too, it just has a sour taste in my mouth because my dad, when I was a kid, would like force me to watch horror. What? Like when I was like really young. Yeah, I I don't even want to get into that. (laughs) But like, um, so I like really hated it because I'm a very sensitive person and empathetic person. Okay. Um, So that to me is like, if you're going to have it, I want there to be, you know, a good ending. Like a happy horror movie. Yeah, like. (laughs) Because I think, too, why I'm so drawn to horror is, like, you see, like, I feel like I see horror in a lot of things, like, in everyday life. But 
it's not like really seen like that. You know, I, I, I'm talking about like just even how personalities are like certain people, like, you know, if you're a narcissistic or if you're doing, th- doing like whatever you can just to get where you want to go, no matter who you hurt, like that's like horror to me in like real life. You know, it's like you don't realize how awful a person can be like go either way Mm -hmm. and so that to me too I like to play with is like like it's literally just this one person who's doing this and that's like insane to me to think like that someone could be so cruel or whatever and cause that type of you know pain to someone or or whatever even if it's just mental so I but I like using horror because I'm like then if I'm writing it I can make sure that that person is not going to get away with it, you know? So I am very like empathetic and caring. So I like seeing something good come out of it, you Mm -hmm. know? (laughs) Yeah. So it's almost like you're writing with, with the physical gore is a way for you to like process emotional gore that you see in everyday life. And then you're almost, yeah, you're taking control of it because then you can put them in the dungeon at the end. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And it definitely stems from, too, like, like childhood trauma and stuff that, like, I will, I'm, like, super, I'm really healed now, you know, but, like, I still like putting that type of stuff out there for other people. And maybe if they read it, you know, they'll feel kind of like justice in a way, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that makes sense about how I write, even though it's fantasy. I mean, I'm still writing like relatable characters and, you know, that situations that really you could think about and see in your daily life, like type of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I have heard another um, Gothic writer. It's, it's interesting that you brought up your, your, your previous trauma that Horror provides a, a sense of satisfaction. Say you are feeling fear or anxiety, mm-hmm. and then you engage in a horror book, but you're able to control it. So you immerse yourself in that feeling. You already feel that feeling. You, now you're taking it elevated, but then it ends, right? It has an end point. Yeah. That, I, I fully agree with that. Like, And I, I've lived with anxiety my whole life. And actually now it's like the lowest it's ever been. You know, I've worked really hard. I have such a reverse of life. Like, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine my life being this wonderful, you know, now. Mm. And I look back like, man, holy crap, how far I have come to like now. So I kind of use that too for my characters. Like, let's put you through a ton of crap and then let's see how you come out of it. (laughs) You know, so I would think. Yeah. You can't write a story where everything's like happy-go-lucky you're harvesting from your own life, right? So you had to deal with toxic situations. Now you've grown apart from that. So the good part of that is that you can now use that, those experiences in your, in your writing. Yeah. Yeah. And so you talked about, you know, how wonderful your life is and is that, I know you do um, painting and, and crafting. Can you tell us about those and how those came into your life? So I've been drawing, painting for my whole life too. Like I've always loved art, like as an, you know, expression and stuff. Um, I've had a handmade business for nine years or 10 years. 
um, uh, for painting and, um, I mainly do like fairies and gnomes and stuff like that, like <laughs> fantasy dragons, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, I, yeah, I just really love doing that. And, um, I thought that that was going to be my full career for like forever, just that. And then a couple years ago, or like right after I had my son, I think like, so three or four years ago, I was like, you know, I still love writing and I have all these stories that I write down all the time. And I think I want to take the leap and actually like do this, you know, like full time. And uh, that was scary to me because I actually almost went to college for writing, but I was mm. too chicken. I was really chicken. I don't know why. Cause I've always had English teachers who were like, your writing is really good. Like we really like, like, I think you should go into this. And instead I went to, um, FITM, which is a fashion school. Cause I thought like, oh, I would design clothes. And so I did that and I, I liked what I did. Um, and then I transferred for business for entrepreneurial studies at Cal state and did that. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to start selling my artwork. <laughs> and so I started doing that and I've, done that for a long time but um just this year like in January I was like I don't have time to write and to mm. paint and to come like I feel drained right. creative right. like with my creative juices plus mm. being a mom I mean to a young child that's really hard to like be like oh no I have to do all this work all the time but I want to spend time with him. I don't want to miss out on everything, you know? Yeah. And so um, I'm taking, I like was told everyone, like, I'm going to take like a year off of painting. Although I, I'm really not like, I'm still painting, but I was like from selling, you know, or doing that upkeep of like social media, having two accounts and all that. Right. Um, I'm trying to actually combine like my writing and art to maybe doing like Patreon doing that because I just can't do it separately. It's too hard to like keep up with two social medias for everything. Mm. I already don't really love social media because it stresses me out. I'm such an introvert. And so like having to like think of like the perfect thing or whatever, it feels very like it's not, it's like fake for me because I'm right. not an extrovert and I'm not someone who's like, you know, like, let me, especially with like videos now, videos are so big now. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, I don't want to do this, you know, like, like, I don't want to have to like, think of all these like quirky videos or whatever. And I'm pretty weird too. Like, I feel like I'm a really weird person and like kind of socially awkward. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't like, what do I post, you know? And so um, I've kind of dabbled in it, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how people post like every single day. Like that's like so much. I don't know how people do that. Like with TikTok or anything mm -hmm. like that. or even you, you post a ton and I love your videos. Oh, and thanks. I'm just like, how do you just like do this? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know, Candy. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, know I don't know what I'm doing. I love, just, I love how like real your videos are like they're so raw and just like I love that you're just so honest and just like this is me and I'm like oh yeah like this is the stuff I like but 
I'm like chicken. I'm like too chicken to do stuff like that. <laughs> I don't think you're too chicken though. No, you're doing a lot of amazing stuff. I think I for me, like the once I did one about like the my boob hairs, I was like, there's really <laughs> nothing more embarrassing no. I can I can do now because <laughs> you know they, it's only, it can only go up from here. Yeah, <laughs> I love it though. I love that type of like. I love it, but, but yeah, but I, I don't, I don't see myself how other people mm. see me and I know it's mm. from, you know, childhood trauma again, but, um, cause my husband's always like, you know, people really like you and you have a good personality. Like I fell yeah. in love with you so fast and stuff, Aww. but to me, I'm like, I always think like, oh, do people actually like me or is it like, you know, like, I don't really ever know, but I'm like, I know it's just in my head. Mm. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm cool or anything. And then when people are like, kind of like, like when I started painting and like grew like a following kind of like people would reach out to me and tell me like, you know, like, I love your stuff and you're so awesome. You're such a kind person and stuff like that. And I'd be like, Oh, what people like me, you know, it was just so weird to me. Like, Oh, this is so interesting, you know? <laughs> and, and so now I'm realizing too, like more lately, maybe cause I'm older that like, Oh, people actually genuinely like me. And I'm not <laughs> like, as like when I was younger, my, especially my dad, he had such an issue with me liking the things I do being goth <laughs> um, that he put kind of put it in my head that like I'm a terrible person because Aww. of those things and so I was always like oh so like maybe everyone else sees that too or thinks that too that I'm like this really awful human oh. and um so I'm still like trying to get that out type of mm. thing um but but I am noticing more and more and like oh people actually like interacting with me and like they like <laughs> you know what I say and I, I'm like okay you know it's kind of mind-blowing to me you know but um and I think if I didn't do like put myself out there with like my painting and stuff I wouldn't have figured that out you know uh, even though it's, mm. it's like anxiety ridden to me and stressful not nearly as bad as as it was before but um I'm like oh like this is so like, I want to push myself, I don't think, to write if I didn't have that support, oh, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so doing, starting with the painting and building up a following there and en engaging with people gave you the courage to yeah. branch out into this other form of art. Yeah. And, and how was that? I think that's really amazing that you started this painting business. Can you tell us, like, how that journey was? So... <laughs> Um, it's been a long journey, I would say. Um, like I said, I'm like not super savvy with like selling to people or things like that. Hmm. So, um, I wouldn't say I'm like a crazy su successful artist or whatever, but like, um, I started out just doing shows. So like selling in person, um, at like art shows and stuff. And honestly, I only did it because my husband was like, do it like you're awesome. Just go do it. And so he would come to me, come with me every single time. 
And Aww. he would handle like the money and stuff because when I get nervous, I'm like, kind of can't think, you know, especially then. Cause that was like 10 years ago. Right. Um, when I started doing that. And so, um, he like, but he's so easygoing and he's like, you know, like it's nothing to him. Yeah. <laughs> so he was very supportive. And I, I don't think I would have gone so far and like kept painting and kept selling and stuff if it weren't for his support, because mm-hmm. I just didn't have that confidence myself, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, that's I, huge. I mean, that's, that's, I think just as terrifying as having people read your writing, right? Is having people look at your art painting. Yeah, there's definitely like this. Uh, <laughs> I I definitely think now because I've, you know, learned the skill so much more now that it's not as stressful to me to mm-hmm. share. Totally. To share stuff because, you know, I've been painting for such a long time and my my technique and like how I paint has changed because I've gotten better Right, and so it's not nearly as scary. And I'm more like, oh, I really want to share this because I, yeah. love it, you know, whereas before I was like, I don't know, like, you know, and I'm just kind of like, what do people think, you know, like, and, um, but now I'm feeling that way with kind of my writing It's like, oh God, this is new. So I'm like, do you guys like this? Like, <laughs> like it's, it's stressful, but, um, but I think, so after I had, my first book read by beta readers and they, and the stuff, like what came back, the, the majority of it was like, so like, we love this story. And like, you're such a good writer. Like, you know, Aww. and I was like, what, you know, like, so all those teachers were right before, you know, like they weren't just saying that to me. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, okay. And then after my editor who I found read it, she was like, look, like, I really like your story. And um, normally I have to do like a ton of like telling them how much they need to change or whatever so that it makes sense. And I don't need to do that with you. And just so you know, like, I'm like really excited about your next book. (laughs) So so I was like, oh, so people do like how I write. Okay. And so now I'm like, you know, I don't have to be the best writer or whatever. because that's also subjective, like how you feel. So I'm trying to like put my mindset um, is like what I have and how I can write. Um, Even if it's not like the best version of my writing yet, I should still put it out there, you know, like I did with my art. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, just getting it going, right? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, and with your art then, um, so you started doing shows and then um, how is it building up? Like you mentioned, this, you had two social media accounts. Like, are there things that you learned along the way through building up that business that you think, oh, I'm going to apply so, it to this? So definitely um, with Instagram, I I learned, I love Instagram the most, I would say, out of all the social media platforms. Um, I learned a lot about how especially if it's a handmade business, like people want to know who you are Mm. and it's not necessarily about just posting your products. It's about building that relationship with the people on there. And I really actually kind of like that part, even though I was like, normally before I was very like reserved 
And because I didn't think people would understand me, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I kind of like tell I think, though, too, because I'm I'm I've connected with so many wonderful women, you know, like you, too, like that are just so honest about the reality of, Mm -hmm. you know, either being a mom or just being a woman in general. And they kind of gave me that little confidence to talk more about my life and who I actually am. Mm. And they were so supportive. And I was really, again, taking, taken aback that like, wow, you guys are like supporting like this, you know, it's not like you want me to put everything under the rug, you know, type of thing, which right. is what I was used to, um, you know, with all my family. And so, um, so I, gained like this little community. And then when I told them I was going to write a release a book, they were like, Oh my God, like we're so excited. And they're (laughs) so supportive. And they're like, you know, followed my other page right away and bought my book and like would share it and like wrote a review for me. And like, I was just kind of like, wow. Okay. So you guys like me this much that you're willing to take a chance on my writing as well, which is, Mm wonderful, you know, but I definitely think, um, if you're trying to push just what you make and sell, 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 it does not translate well. Mm -hmm. Um, because I do see people trying to do that and they're like, why am I not getting sales or why I'm not doing that? But it's like, but you need to add more value. People want value, you know, and people, I think too, the mindset now it's like people also want to buy from someone, especially if it's handmade or something or writing like that, they're actually a good person. And I've been kind of noticing that shift. I don't know if it's just the younger generation, mm-hmm. but like, I do see like, if you, you know, post stuff that's kind of like rude or mean or whatever, or you're like harm trying to harm other people with your language, people don't want to to be around you, or if you're just trying to like constantly sell to them. I mean, no one wants to be sold to like that, you know? Mm So, um, I definitely think how I went about it and kind of the other handmade people that I became friends with, like really helped to like facilitate, like, look, um, if you kind of let people know who you are and kind of let them a little bit into your life, they'll actually want to engage with you. And I think most social media platforms are kind of like that now. Like people want to know more than just like what you sell. So, um, and I've carried that through for my um, author side too, is that I like to interact with people now and I want them to like know who I am and like know more about me than just, uh, that I'm trying to give you my book, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that is really a great insight into, you know, the, the selling part, which I know for so many mom writers is like, that's such a scary prospect, right? Is you yeah. spend all this time. I know for myself, I definitely didn't think about when I wrote my first um, novel that about like how that would work. Cause you're just so f- focused on doing the work. And so it's such a great like reminder that you need to develop those relationships with those people and like let them into your life and yeah, build a, yeah, so that 
they're there. Yeah. So build up those support, build the support and the connection as you go. Yeah. Cause I think two people are so, some people I see who write or even just in the handmade world, they're, they're so focused on the money that mm. they can't see that like, this is going to take you time. This is not for most people. You're not just going to be like making a ton of money right away. And this type of stuff, especially in the art, art field, it takes time. Mm-hmm. And if you can be honest and build up, you know, your fan base, whether it takes a year, two years, whatever, um, it's worth it. It is really worth it because then you'll start seeing those cells and you'll start seeing the people who are supportive of you who are sharing your stuff. And that helps a ton. And definitely in the writing community, especially for indie authors, I've been seeing um, that community, like people actually wanting to help each other and not bring each other down. Yeah. The rising tide floats all boats. Yeah. I learned that recently. (laughs) But but yes, um, um, I can see that you know, you've really connected with lots of amazing people through your art. And now, you know, you're bringing that same energy into writing, which I think is like amazing. So what uh, advice would you give to yourself? So you've done the art business for nine years, you more recently moving into writing the start of your artist journey, like that nine years ago, Candy. So God, advice I would give to my younger self would probably be to not listen to the people who obviously were just trying to like tear me down type of thing. You know, I saw a sticker a few years ago on this like poll and it was like, if you don't build your dream, someone else will. And I just was like, whoa, this is like an amazing (laughs) sticker, you know, that I just happened to see. Honestly, that's the best thing I ever did was follow my dreams, follow that passion. So, um, I'm proud that I, I did, you know, that I went through, decided to not listen. Um, But I do wish when I was younger that it didn't get me down so much. Like it didn't, you know, make me so feel so alone and depressed because I probably could have found people who would have been more supportive, but I just didn't then. So um, definitely say, don't listen to the haters (laughs) who are just hating to hate, you know? Um, yeah, that's what I would have told myself. <laughs> Telephone polls over haters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And where can people catch up with you? Um, so mainly Instagram. That's like my love. <laughs> um, uh, it's just the peculiar fairy on my Instagram. You can see, I have a newsletter that I send out once a month. So yeah, Instagram's the main one. I do write on Facebook, but it's more or less the same thing that I put on Instagram. And sometimes TikTok, people will have to convince me to do more on there. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's mainly where I'm on is Instagram. That's- okay, Instagram, the peculiar fairy. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Candy. Thank you for having me. (laughs) 
I really appreciated how vulnerable and open and honest Candy was in that episode. That is really what this show is all about, is us moms sharing what's going on behind the book and the struggles and the challenges that we overcome to get things written. So I hope you can take a moment and go over to her Instagram and show her some love so that she can see how much we appreciate her story. Okay, so here are the top takeaways. Number one, writing horror can be an anxiety release because you can control the fear experience and lead it to a satisfying conclusion. Number two, writing horror doesn't have to be all about the gore, like writing sex scenes. How much detail you include is totally up to you. Number three, speaking of scary things, sharing about yourself can be hard, but it is possible. It just requires some trust in yourself and your community. And number four, people buy from people, not brands. So although it may be hard, sharing yourself and letting readers and your community get to know you is so crucial for selling your book. Thanks so much for listening. If you can take a moment now to rate or review this podcast on Apple or Spotify, it really helps me continue to bring more authors like candy to your lovely ears. I will talk to you next week. And in the meantime, happy writing.